morning. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada, and today I am talking about Jesus. Oh, what a Savior. I was asked recently for my testimony, so I wrote up a few thoughts of a pagan graciously drawn to our blessed Savior through the veil to his salvation. I was not saved by the Lord's grace until I was 43 years old. So I had many decades of remembering exactly what my thoughts were about Jesus and religion, etc. Before that, I lived in New England, and which is a very liberal place, and I lived a liberal life. I'm grateful to my patient and loving Savior who elected me, drew me, and then lifted me from the pit of sin in which I was living. So until that time, during my adult life, I could not understand the phenomenon of Jesus. And I knew him to be a phenomenon, all right. I mean, no one can dismiss him, least of all the unsaved, like I was. He was a pervasive presence that simply did not go away. And I used to actively and consciously wonder about his staying power. Like Buddha comes and goes as a fad. You know, Allah wasn't even around until 600 AD and he wasn't popular for a long time after that. You know, Pele, the volcano goddess, waned. Ra, the sun god, is passe. And whatever happened to Aphrodite and Mars, you know, all these different gods, faded away, but Jesus never waned, and he's worshipped in every culture throughout every era. So anyone with a brain, saved or unsaved, would wonder, why Jesus? I know I did. What was it about Jesus? So when I thought more deeply about it, which was rare, I'd think that God wasn't all that much to talk about either. I mean, from what little, very little I knew, he sent two humans to the garden and then kicked them out of the garden just for one little mistake. And God messed up again by allowing things to get out of hand and had to do like an etch-a-sketch erase through the flood. And then he messed up again by picking the Jews who constantly wrecked things throughout the Old Testament God had to send Jesus to do a do-over. And if Christians were to be believed, not that I knew any actual Christians, things would deteriorate once again, and supposedly God was going to have to wipe everything out and start over. You know, Armageddon or Apocalypse. I thought in my pagan days that God was an ineffective bumbler, didn't know what he was doing, and Jesus was just plan B, some spaghetti thrown on the wall to see if the latest Band-Aid approach would work. Well, <laughs> those were the thoughts of a pagan. And of course, I was completely wrong. The depraved mind cannot even think straight. The unsanctified mind cannot know the things of God. You know, I was a classic example of 1 Corinthians 2.14, which says, The natural person does not accept the 
things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And Ephesians 4.18, I was a good example of that. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. I definitely had a hard heart and I was definitely ignorant, darkened in my understanding and alienated and apart from anything remotely concerning God. So one of the things... I know now that I'm on the other side of the veil. It's of course that Jesus was not plan B, not spaghetti thrown against the wall to see if it would stick. It is of enormous comfort to know that God ordained his plan since the foundation of the world, which Revelation 13, 8 mentions, that Jesus was with God since before the beginning, and that Jesus is God, as John 1, 1 to 5 says. Jesus willingly gave up his life. He did it out of love, and he volunteered for the cross. John ten eighteen says, It is written, No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. Of course, the it in that verse is his life. As John 10, 15 says, he, um, he lays down his life for the sheep. And Luke 23, 46 says in the King James Version, where the Holy Spirit was called the Holy Ghost. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. It doesn't say the ghost departed from him. It doesn't say he died and the spirit left him. He gave it up. Jesus was in total control of his life until the moment of his death and beyond. What a beautiful moment. He knew when scripture was fulfilled, and when the moment came, he gave up his life for us in obedience to the Father. Now, if that wasn't enough, think of his sacrificial death. You know, it was monumental as the God-man. He was resurrected bodily, and he is still in that body. After Jesus was resurrected, he remained in his body and had take, he had taken on as the flesh-born baby. He showed Thomas the nail holes in his hand and his pierced side. John 20, 27. He ate with the disciples on the beach. John 21, 13. He walked and he was visible to people. There is no reason to think. Jesus is not in his glorified body even now. Philippians 3, 20 to 21 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. 
by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. Well, it staggers the mind to think he descended from pure holy glory to live in the pig pen that is earth just because he loves us. It's stupefying to know he dwelled in human form and in obedience to the Father for all those 33 years. Think on this. He poured himself into the form of a man. He lived and died, resurrected, and he is still in that form and will be forever. When he was resurrected, he remained in the form of a man in flesh. Now that is a sacrifice to dwell for all eternity in the likeness of the last Adam as a permanent reminder to the father of his obedience and bringing many sons to his glory. He is glorious, not just on taking our human nature, human form, but in remaining our brother, Hebrews 2, 10 to 11, and continuing as the visible image of the invisible God. Colossians 1.15. Well, he poured himself into flesh, lived a sinless life to fulfill the scriptures, died an agonizing death in our place, so as to exhaust God's wrath for sin and resurrected bodily forever to be in his body as our brother, our friend, our Lord, My heart melts within me at this love, and I faint from its strength. I bend my knee to its holiness and praise our precious loving Lord. Worship him as he richly deserves. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. In the blog, I ended with Ernie Haas and Signature Sound singing the wonderful song, Oh, What a Savior. I hope you all have a wonderful day.